Oh, it's me, Mario. Let's go. Press start to play. Welcome to Back in My Day once again. I'm David Petrangelo, and this time I'm joined by... Michael R. Power. And uh, Mike, I'm going to let you do the introduction as you introduced your wife a few weeks ago. Uh, (laughs) My second wife. uh, My other life partner, I'll say. Other life partners joining us. Uh, Um, We have a special guest uh, for the next few episodes. Yeah, a really uh, good old friend of mine, a friend who introduced me to my favorite movie, Ghostbusters, um, an older millennial, so it fits the theme, still millennial, but older. Uh, a guy who my whole life we've got to indulge and enjoy nerdy things together like comic books and board games. And uh, he's a movie writer, and his name is Ian Walter. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Ian. Sir, Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, man, of course, of course. So, uh, as always, we have an initiation, I guess, or a uh, requirement. Uh, yes. Uh, we said orientation, but orientation. the word we were looking for was initiation. Initiation, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's all kind of the same. and. Initiation makes it seem a little bit more intense. Yeah. Trying to be casual, so the people who <laughs> listen will know that every time we have a new guest on, we always do the initiation That's where it. we we ask them their uh, two defining, two uh, to three defining, two to three defining movies, movies games, TV shows, shows and from their childhood, video right? games, or mm-hmm. any combination of that. So, uh, so let's just get right into it. I think that's the easiest way. You can start right. with any of those three topics. Um, I mean, it can be board games if you have those as well, right? Wow. Um, I, what, <laughs> the floor I, honestly, is yours. We'd yeah, be here all day. Yeah. <laughs> only two. Yeah, no, well, we um, only have a couple hours. Now. Yes. <laughs> it was hard to narrow it down, but uh, yeah. I think I'm going to have to start with some uh, TV shows. Sure. And I have a specific reason for that because I'm going to start it off with the real Ghostbusters. Oh. I got to tell you, with yeah. Mike here, it was really hard to switch it up from some of your choices. I think mine and yours are pretty much identical, so I'm yeah. going to try and keep it different today. <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, I can have a couple shared shared interests, as um, we now know. But the real Ghostbusters, obviously inspired by Ghostbusters the movie, and uh, it was really the cartoon that I was obsessed with as a young toddler and child. So, oh, yeah. He, uh, and he, we really were. We had all the toys, you yeah. know, from the uh, Ecto-1 to the Fire Hall. Yeah, yeah uh, I had the Fire Hall growing up, and I don't even go. know at the time if I knew what it was from, because I don't when I was really young, and I don't even know that I watched the cartoon at that point, but mm. it was the the fire hall that only had like two of the walls were open, two of them were were closed, and it had yes. the, that cartoon yeah, ran kinda, so and long. I think it even opened up on it. Yeah, 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 I'm sure that broke at some <laughs> point, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that cartoon was massive. It, and when I think back about how Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters is my favorite movie, and yeah, you know, I was a bit young when Kale, but Ian a bit older, and sort of the reason why maybe I like it is because he we he liked it so much, introduced me to it. And then, uh, but probably the first thing that we saw was the cartoon, right? Like you show yes. your kids cartoons before before the movies, PG thirteen oh, yeah. movies 100%. or whatever, right? And they were it would have been out right when we were like in the perfect age. And, and it's pretty cool how they expand on the world that they built in the movie, where you can actually see the other side of the yeah. containment unit and see the spirit world and all that. So uh, it's definitely a great show, Tobin's Spirit Guide. <laughs> um, and then along with that, I mean, you already mentioned it, but I have to, I have to drop the Saturday morning cartoons. You know, the X Men mm-hmm. and the Spider Man, specifically yeah. Spider Man, the animated yeah. show. Uh, just those those cartoons growing up. I mean. Well, as a big comic book fan, but uh, the cartoons were their special own little thing. And uh, <laughs> the, the thing I love about the cartoons, Spider Man and X Men, yeah. was that like as a big comic book fan, but we grew up in the '90s, right? So we weren't necessarily exposed to those like Stanley run of 
uh, Spider-Man. No, but what no. that what that cartoon did, like that Spider-Man cartoon, was essentially uh, Stan Lee's yes uh, run. Version. That's what it was based off of, but in cartoon form. So he like they had all those bad guys like Mysterio, Scorpion. Um, Dr. Octopus, those were all Stan Lee villains, and those were all stories that Stan Lee came up with and they put them in cartoons. So, those was like our first exposure to those classic Stan Lee stories. The storylines. And in the same way, yeah. the X Men cartoon was mostly the Claremont, Byrne, yeah. and Lee run, right? Yeah, Which that is the X-Men classic X Men comics. Too, yeah. Before I read the comics, I saw the cartoon. So, and I think if you were a fan of those shows growing up, you have a bit of appreciation for how it, properties can change over different mediums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. So, like, if you they adapted if you them, they the weren't comics, straight. Yeah. But then you go and see a movie, and it's totally different. Like, you already know the cartoon was totally different from the comics. So yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. It wasn't like yeah, because it's a different medium. Like we've said before, the page and the screen are different mediums. So yeah, they did, but they did an awesome job adapting those. Like, oh yeah, the adaptations incredible. in the Saturday morning cartoons are like the best adaptations of those comic books. Like better than the movies. Like the Apocalypse adaptation in the comic book. Is so much better than the yeah. X Men Apocalypse movie. Like, yeah, way, movie way better. Oh, I agree with you. A whole yeah, other, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the movie's a whole other unfortunate. I think level. we were having a conversation recently where I was just telling you how bothered I was by that yeah. timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't just seen the timeline itself. But even though, like, all those comics, I mean, you go Ghostbusters, X Men, Spider Man, whatever it is, even for me, it would be it would be uh, Batman, right? But yes, all of those are. Um, they're just they're they're you can watch them now still like there's something oh, about yeah. them that is much yeah there's Saturday morning cartoons or Thursday afternoon cartoons whatever it is it still works I right? think it's because they based childish them. enough oh yeah right I, I they based them off those classic comic books yeah so by that time those comic books had already been considered like classics right and right so it'd be like thirty years pr- later it's a proven uh, story it's a proven thing right and so you just adapt them and you do a good job adapting them you well I guess they just faithful. didn't shy away too much from the original content and, right, and yeah. like they didn't make it too childish or anything like that yeah, because exactly. in some ways they didn't need to because mm-hmm. it's a cartoon whatever but it, you know it just didn't it wasn't necessary for them to do that and it it shows that it works either way right yeah. like they didn't have to stretch it too far away from the original content or or make it a quote unquote stereotypical saturday morning cartoon like it's still everyone works. listening that grew up in the 90s like knows what we're talking about with yeah. those shows, right? Those shows just, are so, like, everywhere. And I was surprised to see when a couple of them popped up on Netflix, and I'm looking for something for my nephew to watch. And yeah. it's like, you, normally when you watch the cartoons nowadays for kids, it's very vividly a cartoon, a kid's right. show. But like you said, it, there's a bit of a maturity to it. It still is for kids, but, uh, you know, those classics. Really. Yeah, just because there's bright colors doesn't mean exactly. it's just meant for a 5 So he likes it? but yeah so then i guess from well and i would be remiss if i didn't mention anime in the x because like yes. i said i tried to avoid spider-man yeah. x-men yes. okay but i had to mention it anyways and animaniacs was something that was just out of this world for me like yeah. I, looney tunes obviously but animaniacs yeah. specifically i love oh i love that show i know like all of the little references so smart. to movies and it's basically <laughs> like this po- if we were doing this podcast yeah, as a cartoon when, yeah, exactly. as a cartoon yeah. yeah so who's dot then but then that i guess that brings us into movies um, and I'm going to skip past Ghostbusters, even though I must say it was pretty awesome watching Elmer Bernstein's score performed live. Oh, yeah, we just saw that. That's right. Yeah, let's talk live. about that a little yeah. bit since you, <laughs> since you mentioned it. So you guys went to, uh, I guess I'll let you explain it because I wasn't there. So We went to the Sony uh, Center in Toronto, and we saw the uh, live orchestra performance for the 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters, and Elmer Bernstein's um, son? 
Yeah, Peter. Peter uh, was leading the orchestra, and he led the orchestra f- when the original score was recorded. So he actually worked on the original movie, and then he was leading the orchestra during the screening that we saw. And I'd, we'd never seen, um, we'd never seen, right, uh, no. a movie with a live orchestra. Yeah. I've heard how amazing it is, and it just it do, it is awesome, man. It really elevates the score. And I, like, I really want to go. They have. I mean, I think we mentioned it before. They have the Star Wars movies yeah. all. You really coming. notice the score and I how really important a score is when there's a live orchestra. Yes, you get a deep it. appreciation. Yeah. So how does it work then? This is me not knowing because I haven't been either. It's like the movie's playing. Obviously, are you hearing the dialogue at all? Yes, and they did add subtitles, which I thought was a nice touch. Okay. If you had never seen the movie loud, before, right? it could be a little distracting. The score is probably louder live than, than the movie. Is, yeah, that's what that. I, that's why. It was like, does it drown out the movie? I, it must a little bit. Right? Yeah, but I liked that they had the subtitles there because we've seen the movie a hundred times. It's even though you're reading mm-hmm. it, it's like you're you're actually some things that you would notice on the subtitles yeah. that you would never yeah. like how to say the certain yeah those, like, bogus uh, references. Vince Clortho. <laughs> Vince Clortho. <laughs> Vince Clortho. I never knew what he was saying there. Whenever um, when, oh, I think I know. Uh, which, I think I know. Who Ernest, the name of the key master. Yeah, the name of the key master. Uh, Rick Moranis. Oh. Oh. Rick Moranis. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if there was one guy I wanted them to pull out of retirement for Ghostbusters yeah. Three. It'd be Rick. He's like, I'm the yeah, key master, man. Vince Clortho, whatever. And I never knew. I never really could think about how that was spelt. Exactly. And then I finally saw it. I was like, Oh, Vince Clortho. Uh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But it, but obviously it's it's like a different experience, oh, yeah. right? And, like it's. And you know, you'll see when a song comes on for a soundtrack, mostly the orchestra is staying silent, letting the song play. But there are moments that I never even really considered where they're actually mingling yeah. the score and the soundtrack. So right. give me a deep appreciation for how that. So what they have is like nice. the movie's playing and the orchestra's in front of it, right? Yeah. And I guess they can play the movie and just remove the the score and only play the audio. Yeah, they just get rid of that track. Yeah, yeah. get rid of that track. And then so the orchestra then plays the score, but the score comes in and out, right? Yeah, So yeah, they have not, to be perfectly timed time. yeah. and take their break and watch the movie and the guy's got to wait in for that perfect cue and jump in. So yeah. the score is timed perfectly, so it's timed to all the little movements and stuff like the scores are in movies, yeah. right? So yeah. it's a technical like, mar- like yeah, wonder that, that they can like, to do. yeah, they yeah. have to jump in at the exact time. And, and, there's no intermission or nothing. There is right? intermission. Actually, there, is there was, which oh, okay. I, I did not see that coming. But it, is this it not kind a super long movie? Nicely, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I was wondering. Like, I mean, it, usually you go to a theater performance, there's an intermission. Exactly, because it's in a theater. it's a play, a musical, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, but then the orchestra played whatever. this like big, long uh, set in the kind of like freestyled kind of... Like during the intermission? Yeah, during... Oh, oh no, nice. like before and leading out of the intermission and okay, leading like into the, the intermission. Oh, sort of the like, a, like a warm-up for them, but it's also pretty entertaining Yeah, and they played the highlights <laughs> from the score from like the whole movie, like all oh, the nice. recognizable things. It was like a five-minute, like it was really cool. And then they filtered that into the, in the movie. Into the movie. Or the, I, I don't know about you, but I couldn't get that score out of my head the fall. No, yeah, so yeah. I, like, I couldn't get it out of my head. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it's that's such awesome. a good score. I already right? can't do that with Star Wars. I can't get it out of my head. So if I go to that, then it's going to be a whole other... I would love to see John Williams before he retires. Yeah, I don't know if he's actually... I think it's just the Toronto Symphony. I don't know that he comes or anything, but. The music itself, just his score, yeah. just his score and stuff, right? Yeah, they have like all, they've the all seven movies mm. playing on nice. different dates. Wow. So I mean, it's they're separated by like once it's a, a bit month pricey. Or like so that. we got it as gifts, like for Christmas or something. A little but pricey, but you know what? Is you do it once. Yeah, it's a and once. If I'm, a if I'm personally going to do it, I'm going to do it for Star Wars or yeah, exactly. potentially Indiana Jones, and that's probably yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that was a great way to celebrate 35 that's years cool. of our yeah. favorite movie. Yeah, and it was on the go back for 50th for sure. It was on the weekend of the 35th. Uh, oh, it was right yeah. on. To it was actually timing. on the day that it was released. The day, yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, damn, it was that's cool. awesome. There were so many sweet. fans there dressed up and stuff. Really? It felt like an event. It was awesome. That's awesome. That's great. 
Uh, all right, well, Ghostbusters, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So, Another well, movie? Again, that I was going to skip by that one. and, ascend, no, and especially uh, We'll always talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> and obviously, I'm going to leave Star Wars and Indiana Jones trilogies off the table yeah. and jump to the next biggest trilogy, which is Back to the Future. Got to okay. mention. Oh, okay. Sweet. Got to mention Back to the Future. Yeah, we haven't deep dived really into it. No, not yet. Uh, no. It is in my mind, even though it's a, it's a really solid trilogy, the first one is like a perfect movie from start to finish. Yeah, it is a perfect movie. Yeah, Once it, they get back to 1955 and they get everything that happens like there are some things that are a little dated prior to that but once they get into that time delorean and jump back it's like it's pretty solid oh it's it's awesome i mean and you know you you could not see the other two movies in the trilogy and you'd be more than satisfied with oh yeah with that as its own standalone thing not that the other two are throwaways by any means we've talked about them a little bit but that first one is just it's yeah it's everything when it comes to Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd and stuff, right? Like, it's just... It's the time travel movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it's the, still. like... Like, still. Endgame will poke fun at it, but yeah. it still has its yeah. place in pop culture. Well, that's why. It's, sure. it's very... Yeah. It's a very easy reference to make, and... Think about that. A movie that came out in 19... What, 85? Still being referenced yeah. in, yes. like, tons of movies in 2019... And it doesn't have to be explained. It's just like, oh, just like in Back to the Future. And it's like everyone in the audience knows what they're talking about. Because everyone has seen Back to the Future. Yeah. And talking about scores that you'd like to see live, I'd love to see Alan Silvestri's Back to the Future score. Oh, yeah. That'd to be a screening awesome. of that movie. That yeah, that'd be, be cool. Yeah. Yeah, because like, that's the thing with those classic movies, too, is that even when you guys said you saw the Ghostbusters one, like you don't always realize when you're watching it on TV, whether it's because of a, a lack of sound system, whether it's because of whatever the reason is, like you're you're... You're watching the movie. You're not watching or listening necessarily for the score. Yeah. So you can like appreciate stuff. But the score, like, like but sc- they always stand out. Yeah. On those, on those classic. Movies. I noticed like a score. Like you're almost not supposed to to notice it. Yeah. But it's supposed to like trigger like a, a, an emotion, an emotion yeah. in you. So like if there's like if there's like a, a, a love scene or something, then they play like they play a certain sound that just elevates that love scene. So you know in the back of your mind it's love scene, but you don't really know that you're listening yeah. to that it's kind of it's crazy it can be a difference maker too because yeah, if you think about oh, it yeah. if you have a really a movie that's not so good or doesn't make you feel the way it's supposed to like a horror movie or mm-hmm. you know a, a, a emotional romance or something and it's not triggering those feelings it's usually take a look at the score it might not be too strong oh, a score yeah. Yeah, yeah and you might not so, notice it right away right exactly. and, and it's I very mean, important you mentioned horror, horror movies, movies. Yeah. like if, if any scores are even more recognizable yeah. than something like Ghostbusters or Jurassic Park or right. Star Wars, it would be horror movies. Yeah, like, like the Psycho, Halloween, Halloween yeah. all that stuff. Halloween, yeah. yeah, all of that is like, whether it's because it's the style of the time and the movies were just so big or whether it's because they're actually scary and they're used at the right moments in the right way, at the right time, the right tone, the right everything. Like, yeah. it's true. It like, it just, it just triggers exactly what they yeah. need it to trigger. Like that, that's just like the definition of what a top score is mm-hmm. right so and uh, one of my favorite things about back in my day podcasts is uh, how you're, you're always going through movie release dates i'm a really big movie release date guy yeah. and i know you guys have touched on these probably but uh i was going to do a callback to uh wife powers first episode because yeah. she mentioned her movie was jaws oh yeah that yeah, actually yeah. came out today at the time of this recording june 20th so it was like i think chinatown jaws blues oh, brothers robocop yeah. Robocop and Batman and Robin. Yeah. Oh, Batman and Robin. I can't forget about that last one. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah. All of those movies are really good. I don't know if you guys ever seen Chinatown. That movie's amazing. Yeah. So it's I'm really seeing... good. That's one of those watch it in film class movies that I didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> Jack okay. Nicholson in his prime in, this, in the 
mid seventies kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, and there you go, another score. Jaws, <laughs> yeah. Jaws is probably it could oh, it could actually be the most recognizable score if you well, think yeah. about it. And if yeah. you if you look into the history of that movie and see the problems that they were having, it's amazing that they were able to pull off what they did. Yeah, it's like essentially like one of the biggest horror. Blockbusters of all time. Right? Yeah, it is yeah. essentially a horror movie, right? Yeah, it, it is. is. Yeah. There's down. actually a really good documentary about Spielberg. Um, here, anyway, it's on HBO. I think it's an HBO doc, too. And it's like two, two and a half hours. It's super long. It goes through his whole career and everything. And they spend a good 40 minutes out of this two hour movie just on Jaws because it was the first. Not the first, but it was the big thing. His that, breakout movie. Well, yeah, that yeah. really... 1975, I mean, you really only so. have, like, The Exorcist. Right. You have, like, supernatural horror, but you don't have that kind of uh, right. monster horror, I guess. Yeah, kind of. yeah, kind of monster, yeah, yeah. exactly. And it, that, that's that's recommended if you guys have access to any HBO stuff. Like, that is an amazing movie. I watched the whole thing in, like, one big sitting. It was oh, great. Nice. It's all, all Spielberg stuff. Good it's movies. Awesome. Yeah, I'll check yeah. that out. Good movies. But, yeah. Dave, you mentioned it. If you remove that score to Jaws, I don't know if you have the same movie. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you I don't, don't have so. that. Like, no. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it, it would be half the movie. It is probably. <laughs> well, I, I think if you've never seen the movie, you still know what it is, yeah. what it's from, what it's kind of referencing. Even if it's not Jaws, like you're referencing some other scary monster for fun as a kid, yeah. or whatever. And that's what, what triggers in your mind is the first one of of a monster sneaking up on you. It's the Jaws score. Right? Oh yeah, I, I, I think anyway. Yeah, to me, no, you're right. That would be right. the first thing that would come to mind, even if. Has nothing to do with water or sharks or anything. <laughs> and I think just... if, if you look at like parody, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. I, that's probably the most used one, right? Yeah, like, it could, <laughs> it's easy, right? So, yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Um, but yeah, so then I guess well, I did a little overkill on movies, but uh, <laughs> that's right. You're the movie guy. Run into games. It's a little bit of a shorter journey for me. I'm not the. I am a big gamer, but I'm yeah. not like. Uh, Dave's more the gamer. The I don't hit all the bases, but, I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I Fair looked enough. at mainly the ones that kicked me off. So, sure, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, my uncle had a original Nintendo. Uh, he introduced me to the Super Mario Brothers. So Super Mario Brothers 3 yeah. for me yeah. is the, uh, the go-to, you know? Yeah. Uh, of course, Super Mario World is amazing, but uh, 3 I got the most play out of just because of the time. And uh, I think that's it's huge for a lot of people because I, it's, it's different enough from the original yeah, it has has the suits has a little bit more going on as far as like the moving levels and all that. Like it's a whole other. You have the map and all yeah. that kind of stuff, which makes it look like I guess like a play or a board game is kind of what they're what they're yeah, going for. for. Sure. Um, I, I think that all that comes into play, and and I think just based on timing, like you said, like anyone who had one of those systems probably had that game. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, imagine not having Mario, Super Mario well, World 3. Yeah. And essentially, <laughs> yeah. you would choose the entire franchise because every game has its, like, I feel like every generation of Mario is pushing it forward. Yeah. Um, but, oh, it's uh, the one game that does it the best, reinvents itself, yes. but still it's but still stays true to what a Mario game is, but yeah, still yeah. innovates on a, Mar- on a on a platformer. Like, yeah, because yeah, Super Mario 64, 64 blew my mind, to Galaxy, Galaxy came yeah. and to Odyssey, yeah. So, uh, but with 3, I remember distinctly, like, I think when I was playing as a kid, I would... My uncle showed me, you know, get the flutes, you get two flutes, you get to the end. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I found yeah. myself, yeah, so yeah, I found myself the in worlds, the eighth yeah. world, like <laughs> yeah. in the darkest of dungeons every <laughs> time I played. It wasn't until I was a little bit older and Mario yeah. All-Stars came along that I actually played through and appreciated oh, the game funny. for like oh, every Mario world. Mario All-Stars you know? is amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that's awesome. <laughs> so, that'll, be, that'll be actually, Mario All-Stars is, one of, is where I played most, most of the older Mario games because I had that for Super Nintendo and that has six games, five, six games on oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Good value. Um, including... 
2, yes. which never originally you know what, came though, out it, here. It, so. 2 has its moments, too. It's oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, because it's so weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, so it's like oh. a dreamland. It's like Mario's dreaming. The, the one where you can pull the turnips and stuff, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, you had that one. I'm yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where... Uh, um, I didn't have Super Nintendo, but you did. That's the, the character of Birdie. Yes. One that's in like tennis and and yeah, it was uh, a different supposed to be a different game, and they just and put like, Mario over it. Well, right? never the shy guys from that one. The shy guys yeah. were in that originally and stuff too. But yeah, the turnips and the and yeah. the radishes and stuff. That's all from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and and Luigi doing his like floaty oh, jump. Oh. And stuff. He was my favorite. He was my go-to. Yeah. Yeah. everyone liked to use Princess too because she. Flew, yeah, that's yeah. what she I. That's who I use. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why she flies in Smash, right? Because yes. of that game. All, yeah. Like a lot of that comes down to that, and I I don't know that it's been released on other probably on DS or 3DS and stuff like that, but. Or do you Before have that, a, it was just a Japanese another game. game. Yeah, um, you know, I, again, trying to dodge like Legend of Zelda: Ocarina right. of Time, but ah, I, I have go to for go. It. <laughs> no, I, I have to go with Goldeneye. I think over that. Oh, because, uh, oh yeah. yeah, fair enough. Because if you're a first-person shooter player, like that was the one that really mm-hmm. sold the genre for mm-hmm. me. I think I, I played the most out of that game. Well, it was the first one to take off on consoles, right? Because yeah. there was Doom before that. And people well, forget, thing, and right? people Stein say Halo, there. but I, I think it was Goldeneye. Well, man. Goldeneye was yeah, predated before Halo. Halo yeah, sure. and uh, doesn't predate it by six, seven years. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, <laughs> and you know. the thing is too is like when I was thinking about games, Halo had the twin is a run of. PC games that I really enjoy, but I've focused on consoles because that's why I play more. I think. Now. Yeah. Okay. So, but uh, with in terms of Goldeneye, I don't know. Were either of you when you play first person shooters now? Are you either of you inverted? Do you play or do no, you play just no. standard? Do you standard. Do inverted? So I'm inverted. Oh, you're a it's super weird. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. No. Everybody's like, and especially if you're, you're playing a like a one player game, <laughs> and I have to switch it over back and forth every yeah, time yeah. you switch. Um, you, you died on that level. It's my turn. Yeah. Oh, I gotta go in the options. <laughs> and, and it is super weird. But you know, the thing I go back to is people don't remember this, but when Goldeneye came out, the default was inverted not a lot of people yeah. used like the oh. strafing like that was kind of an advanced move to be yeah, like yeah. strafing around that's but, right that's what but really it was default inverted and some people claim that they would switch it over but it was never switched over in my I, eyes, I, so. I, I, I wouldn't even know <laughs> to switch it over played, at that age inverted, i must have been playing inverted yeah, <laughs> yeah. i must have been know that i was i i, I mean know. when you mention it maybe maybe but i can't even compute doing that now so i don't yeah well, I, I i can't even compute doing it then so i feel like <laughs> like if I can't do it now, there's no way I was able to do it when I was. But if you play for a few hours, old. you just get used to it, I guess. But the thing about Goldeneye too is you were using the joystick and you would only use the those yellow buttons. Yeah, the, the C buttons. Like, yeah, like in like you know, it's for advanced players basically. So wait, how did you? So the joystick you was well, how you ran. Yeah. And you aimed with the C buttons. Yeah, exactly. But those were inverted. Yes. Yeah. So the yeah. Ru- so that's why. So yeah, that makes sense because it wasn't two joystick. It wasn't inverted joystick. It was inverted. C- the C buttons were inverted. So I guess you just learned it and dealt with it. But yeah. Then it was such a big gap between that and like the because the joystick was not inverted. It was the C's that were inverted. So down was up. No. Yeah. yeah it's only the Y axis that I ever go. Yeah. The Y axis. Mm. But it's also like if you're playing, um, I don't know, any games with flying, it's the same. Yeah. Flying just, is flying automatically switches over yeah. to inverted because when you're yeah, exactly. when you're controlling that's like that's that kind of makes sense. But I also so every once yeah. in a while I'll do that. I'll play you know when I used to play Battlefield a little bit more and stuff. Like yeah, oh you yeah, jump yeah. in the plane. Or even Battlefront. We've played Battlefront. Oh, I jump yeah. into the into the spaceship and just like oh I can't do this yeah. and I just have to switch it back to normal instead of inverted. And then it still takes me a second to get used to because I think right. my brain is back to being used to it. Yeah, it that's why flying in games feels like you're flying because it's inverted. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> my, my How is it like just realizing this now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just feels so natural. I guess. Yeah. So I stuck to the classic consoles, but if I was yeah, gonna drop a PC one, it would be Heroes of Might and Magic Three. Oh, Ooh, that huge! Was, like nice, unbelievable. 
we had a PC early on. My parents both worked for IBM, so the first one I ever played was like Prince of Persia, which was incredible. Oh yeah, yeah. The, but like then, the old Prince yeah, of Persia, the original, yeah, original. Nice. like doing the dungeon levels. Yeah, yeah, the, just it. a simple two D. Uh, exactly, and it's then, basically you could jump and like stab. That's yeah. kind of the only move that you had. But <laughs> then turn-based strategy is where everything changed for me for PC. So I was always about like the RTS. I heard you yeah. mention uh, Red Alert and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, Conquer series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did always... you have other ones that jumped off of after no, that? Like, was there? I other... wanted to talk about Heroes of Might Magic Three. Yes, because that—that's what you yeah. said, right? Yes. 100%. That, did you play those games? Not really. Like those, for me, the uh, RTS stuff was was Red Alert, StarCraft, and Warcraft those games were II, fun, basically. man. Those right. games were so really fun. Heroes is not real time; it's turn based, but it's the same. Oh, it is turn based. Same kind but of. You idea. build a you castle, run a map and, and yeah, yeah. I know what I played one of them. Obviously, not enough to remember which one or even really be that familiar with it but I do remember it was fun I do remember it I just don't have that much it experience was cool. and you there could was make your own factions. Map, right? like yeah. there was a That's ton a of different of armies mm-hmm. yeah like it was you know underworld necropolis yeah stronghold and you would like yeah it was almost like I don't know how to describe it, it was, it's so different than any game that's out now you had like your base and then you would like Build barracks and build you know science would, centers and stuff. Well, speaking of board games, I think it was probably the closest to a board game you can get on. Yeah, it was kind of like a board game. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then that lets you do troops and you troops to defend. Then you have a hero, and then troops go well, with him and he goes out. Civilization kind of does that, yeah. right? Like, yeah. They're they're, they're turn based as well, and you mm. you build. Uh, I mean, still a little bit of a different game, but when you say turn based and then you build the barracks and mm. and your main main areas and stuff, I guess that's probably the closest. It, yeah, I don't know, man. It was that's cool. the only thing I can think of. It was fun. I would. And there was like a map creation thing, which was really fun. Oh, yeah, you can. It's make, pretty good for older games to be able. Yeah, to play you could make your own map, then you could place like good items on it, like near your base to kind of cheat a little bit. And then, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, it was good. That's though. your cheat code is putting all the good items around yeah. you. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was hard to narrow down. I know I didn't stick to the two per, but uh, you did a pretty good know, job you, sticking to. Do two, you want to yeah. run through books at all? It's probably similar to me. Yeah, you can I do know, books. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, well, I, I was obviously gonna. Talk about Harry Potter, but Mina kind of yeah. went through. Uh, sorry, wife power. Wife sort power. of went through. <laughs> I'm uh, exposing. Well, so what, what's it? Uh, what's but what, like? Because again, I'm I'm the the one out of everyone on this podcast to not know anything really yeah. about Harry Potter. So why why was it? Why is it something that stuck out to you? All right. So Harry Potter. I think I was a little. Older, well, I was probably in junior high or just starting high school. Yeah, uh, I was totally boycotting Harry Potter. I was like, "What is this? Really? What is this? Yeah. Magic for, for kids? kids. Kind of? It's yeah. far kinda, too popular like, for yeah. me to like this. This, this is no <laughs> Lord of the Rings or whatever." But uh, no, to be honest, I was like, I wanted nothing to do with it. And then I was uh, spending some time. Uh, my grandfather was in the hospital, spending some. You know, he spent days at the hospital and yeah. he was just trying to kill time as a kid. Uh, there was the first, the Philosopher's Stone or whatever, is yeah. lying around in the the van. So I picked it up and I just started reading. It. I was like, "Wow, this is actually." Uh, so I'm surprised how good this is. But yeah, like it really know, captures your attention. I don't know why I avoided it for so long because I do. I you know read Goosebumps growing up. I read uh, you know all, all kind of kids books. So you know I, I was surprised I avoided it, but I just couldn't put them down after that. I did the same. Well, I did the same thing. Like, like not boycotted like knowingly, but I grew out of them. And I never finished the series. I read the first oh, four or five. I didn't know that. And then I hit like grade twelve or university, and yeah. it was just like, nah, these books don't interest me anymore. And then I caught up when the movies came out. So yeah. right, and I kind of seven them. or eight, or there's like eight, seven books, I think, or maybe eight. I don't know. Seven books. Uh, seven books. Uh, eight movies. Yes, yes, eight movies. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of cool how they're kind of growing up through the the years. That's what Mina and, said. Yeah, the yeah, books. So you age, guys are saying she that, says they age with you. That was uh, that's. I mean, that's. I mean, really, if you look at all the, uh, generally the the fan base of it, or at least probably the largest cluster of the fan base would be the people that grew up with it. I think that's like, 
perfect mm-hmm. timing. I mean, yeah. it, it totally makes sense. I never, I because I never read them and because I've seen very few of the movies, yeah. I never thought of that. But that for sure, that's going to be an easy formula yeah. for success. And have you guys that, been watching any of the Fantastic Beast stuff? No, yeah, I've no. I've seen the first movie. Yeah. It's not great it, though. You know what? I enjoyed the first one, but the, I think the issue is that uh, you know. J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. she she's writing screenplays now. She's not writing a novel and then someone's adapting it. Right. She's kind of taking a shortcut in a way, right? So she's right. she's trying to do the movie thing, but I think if it existed as like if she wrote a novel and it was Fantastic Beasts and then someone's just drawing inspiration off that and picking the best parts yeah. whatever, to put on screen. Yeah, which is kind of what different. a screen That's what an adaptation doing, yeah. is. Exactly. You know, now you say that, I do kind of feel like the Harry Potter world seems like such a big, robust, fleshed-out world. Like every... Everything is thought of, and the Fantastic Beasts world seems like so shallow, mm-hmm. and that could be what you're saying, because like Harry Potter movies are drawing from a book with this, yeah, this really deep book, and that's everything. Literally thought of. rich text. Yeah, rich to text. To all the corners yeah. are from when you're colored. Adapting, you're thinking, should I do this or should I do yeah. this? I have so many options. But and when you're, you know, writing yeah, you just a have to write. This is the option. Yeah, you just this is the one, one thing. thing you don't have to worry about. Right. And <laughs> having a decision between one or two things, like you're saying this or this, it's a good problem to have when you're right. writing. And the other issue with them is, yeah. It's like it's so see-through that they're just money grabs because the studio can't let the franchise go. Are they not based on like a short story that she did or something like that? They pulled the title from a book that's referenced in Harry Potter, one of the books that's in the library. But it's not because they're prequels, right? That's what. Yeah, I mean, the title of it was referenced maybe Mm -hmm. like an like a random storyline. Yeah, like like in Game of Thrones. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I got the end of Game of Thrones, like one of those. Oh yeah, um, (laughs) Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Let's not talk about end of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's a different story. But yeah, Goblet of Fire would have been my top. I feel like we chose not to do that episode because we're trying to keep things positive on the podcast. I would have been yeah. much more positive <laughs> well, than everybody else, I think. You know, but. if you ever need me to throw some positivity in there, I generally err on the side of positivity. I try so. to, too. Yeah, I try to, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm such a big Game of Thrones fan. It's like, right. it's hard to hate it just off a couple episodes at the end. So I don't hate the whole thing. Just the last episode was, yeah. yeah. Hey, it happened. Not for me. So. I'll just say not for me. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. But yeah, the other book series I would uh, yeah. want to talk about, I don't know if you guys ever read Silverwing. But, Silver yeah, Wing? Yeah, that was... Uh, I'm look was up it about a cover. bat? Yes, Kenneth yeah. Opal. Yeah. And uh, it was I one of that my was, I thought that was just a guess, because it was like... It's, I mean, obviously... No, I had that book. I remember the cover was a bat, and there was a yeah. fire I mean, wing or it something. Was, it was some crazy world building. Like, it's your traditional... Oh, yeah, I recognize that cover. Traditional hero's journey, but right. uh, it's about a young bat who... <laughs> what uh, a crazy you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, like, no, seriously, there's... The mythology behind it is that there was a war between the owls and the bat. Right, so <laughs> Shade is this young sort of run to the litter who everyone's saying, "Don't look at the sun. You're not allowed to look at the sun. The owls will come and kill you." Oh, um, <laughs> that's our nocturnal. Yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're saying, you know, I you're did not, read it. You're not allowed that. to go out during the daylight and all this kind of thing. And then on a dare, he kind of looks at the sun and he's like, "Wait a second here." Oh. Starts to question his reality. It's like there's more to this world than what they're they're spitting out. So yeah, there's it's cool. one, it's an allegory. Two, three, four, yeah, there's cool. five five books in the series. Is there like a fire least? one? Yeah, I Six? don't know if I read yeah. the most recent Sunwing, one. Firewing, Darkwing. Yeah. yeah. All right. There's, there's quite a cool. few. Yeah. That's good, Silverwing, good choice. Silverwing, and Firewing, I think, was the original trilogy. And That's then Darkwing it. came. Yeah. Okay. I haven't read Darkwing yet, but the original trilogy is pretty good. That's where Scott Snyder got his Court of Owls story. Eh? There you <laughs> go, man. When I saw the trailer drop for that, I was like, oh my God, yeah. there's going to be a Silverwing movie. Uh, <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> so, so close. <laughs> so close to childhood fulfillment. Oh, no, sorry. Trailer. I was thinking of the Guardian. Remember that? Oh, the Guardians of Gaul or whatever? With yeah, the owls yeah, yeah. were like flying around. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. This oh, is the I intro to Silverwing. Yeah. <laughs> that was a Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, so I guess those are my uh, top picks. All right, that's if, good. You know, if you want to throw out some board games, I don't know if you want to just go around the table because we never really. Well, as far as childhood games, I mean, they'd be very. It'd be all the typical stuff for me. Like okay. you could literally pick any of the Hasbro games yeah. and just like that's. Oh, for me, it would be it would be nothing out well, of the ordinary. Uh, so like, you lived the you had the like <laughs> well, the Parker Brothers well, games. That's because that's what we had in North America, right? American I know, I know. Style board yeah, games, and, then, and then the Euros started coming. Across, yeah, yeah. My uncle, None the of American the stuff that's sort of games. renowned now. Like, I probably didn't touch that stuff until I was in my 20s, mid-20s maybe. Yeah, because yeah, my so. uncle introduced me to Settlers of Catan. Right, my first. And that was like yeah. a decade before it started becoming popular here. Really, so, yeah. Uh, we've been just... I think we you, never Mike, I think back. you yeah. showed me that. And that was like yeah. only... Five six years. I was ago in college actually. That was like ten years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, we're that old. But I think <laughs> right, right now, yeah. maybe my top board game. I think ag- Agricola, Agricola, however you want to Agricola, pronounce it, yeah. is definitely up there for me. Okay. Um, and then I like another one called Kalis. But uh, Kalis? Yeah. How do you spell that? C A Y L U S. Okay, I never heard that one. It's also worker one. placement. Okay. And uh, it's I don't know, it's a cool deep strategy. Awesome. So growing up, if I throw out two board games. I'll say defining board game would be Settlers of Catan because that's go. the first. I think you probably introduced it to me. That's the first designer board game I ever played. Before that, yeah. it was like the most complex game I played because, like, Game of Life Monopoly, those are just jokes, right? Uh, would be like Rum Cube, Rum Cube. Right. My family played that. That's Love a bit that of math. Actually. It's yeah, like a sets a, and runs a kind game. of game. Yes, right. It's actually a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'd be the other one. Um, and my favorite board game right now is uh, Pandemic Legacy. Ooh, yeah. Because this legacy uh, spin on games is like this whole new. It's crazy. World. It's exploding. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, well, like, it's like it's like the next generation. Its finest, yeah. Right? Like, well, that's it's... the thing. That's what's really compelling about it. But I guess it's 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 literally a hard sell for some people because it it's a lot of money for a one technically a one time use. Right? Yeah. Or I guess it is just a no. One-time it's not one time use. use. It takes about ten ten nights. Well, I mean, to like it, it's so. one. It's yeah. People can't get past the idea of not being able to play it after play a it again. Point. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. for people like me, for example, I mean, I would love to play that because I think. Like you said, the storytelling and stuff would be that's enough of a sell for me. Right. If you have like the set group of friends and, and family that are gonna play it. But for someone like me or the average person like me who just play Monopoly, Life, Django, you know, all the all the basic stuff, you you the reason why that's what you grew up with is because you could just play it with your family at the cottage or at a birthday or or a Christmas or whatever over and over and over and right. over. To not have that option yeah. feels weird. But I'll, let me just explain for the people listening what a legacy game is. So it's a game that you like um, it has a set amount of plays because during the game it tells you to like write on the board, rip the cards, use totally, stickers. Use stickers. It totally changes the game state. So if, you, if there's a risk legacy, that's the easiest one to explain because everyone knows risk. So it'll be like create a new country with a marker and destroy this country and just rip up this card. And so like when you're done playing it, you can't put the card back together. Yeah, right? so, so like it's you have done. two versions of each of those cards that you're ripping yeah, or putting a so sticker it, on. It's one. So once and you done, finish basically. the campaign, it could be like ten different playthroughs then it's done but you got 10 nights of gaming out of it which are our age now how many times have you played a game you own 10 times but that's what i'm saying i don't even own right? any games you know, at the and moment. i understand <laughs> the skepticism because the collector in me wants to preserve everything right. and be able yeah. to start over but yeah. uh that's not the but well, also, they're also, and they're also not cheap too yeah. right so it's yeah but know. i mean 60 bucks play 10 times like yeah. six bucks but, I, i'm i'm with you i i would be all for it i'll, I'll tell it, you it's a commitment like you said yeah. it's commitment yeah. to be able to have and you want to have the same people well and I'll tell you just that, say, it takes someone i think to get it and get a gaming group together and go okay you know what this is what we're gonna do that's the big I was about session. to say that. 
Just yeah. like we plan a podcast. Session. The biggest yeah, hurdle right. of legacy games, because I own two of them and I haven't finished them, yeah. is getting the same group together ten times. Yeah, because like, if you if you uh, stop in the how middle, how are you gonna get adults together ten times? So here's an yeah. idea for a future iteration of the podcast. Yes. We actually bust out a legacy game yes. and we actually do it. I live. own Risk Legacy <laughs> and it's still in the box. I've had it for like okay. four or five years. We'll pick that one. Then. We'll <laughs> pick that one. Yeah. It's already <laughs> purchased, so we'll yeah. just do that one. And yeah. how many is it? Is it minimum like four or five people? Is that how it works? Five people. Yeah. Oh. Let's do yeah. it. Done. It'd There's at awesome. least four of us that yeah, can do exactly. it. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I awesome. think it's like not like full risk. It like is like a few hours or something. Right, because the, the game a bit. Risk so you, could take four or five yeah. hours, no problem. And then, so it's the same thing. You just you can only play it a few times, and yeah, like after ten times, it's done. Yeah, done. I think like the battle lines, like the yeah, the whole the, the whole board gets and, changed. Yeah, and, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, I love sounds that. so cool. I love it. Does this sound cool? Yeah. All right, and, so we'll do that in a future episode. For now, <laughs> we'll do so we don't get uh, in the middle of a game and not finish it. We're going to take a really quick break and jump into a few dates, the three of us. Cool. And uh, there's a couple uh, really good movies and, uh, and games that are coming up. Sort of at the end of June, early July that we'll get to, so we'll be back in just a second. All right, guys, we're back with a few extra dates here in our, uh, I guess, back in my day segment. We haven't really, after all this time, we still haven't sort of dubbed <laughs> yeah, it as an official segment. Yeah, that's kind of what it is, I guess. Why don't we just do that now? This is our back nice. in my day segment. <laughs> um, so we'll start with uh, end of June. We're sort of sitting around that that last week of June right now as the time of this recording. June 23rd is a big date for two movies, I would say, and two video games. That's why I seg- sectioned uh, these off here. June 23rd in 1989, Batman, yes, first one, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids both came oh. out. Oh my god! Yes. Both of those movies are <laughs> massive. Yeah, I, I, to me, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is even bigger because it was just like perfect. It's the Ant Man prequel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's his origin story. Yeah. <laughs> that's, right. that's his origin story. Yeah, uh, that was a huge. I mean, eighty nine. We I was we were only a couple years old when it first came out, but because it was on video and I owned it, my entire childhood that movie and we went to the thing at disneyland when they had that uh attraction there and stuff Same. and you sort of walk through their backyard yeah, i so don't cool. think they still have it maybe they do i haven't been back in 12 years or something um i say disneyland but disney world in florida um yeah for me honey i shrunk the kids stands up more than batman even though batman is an amazing movie so i don't know what about you guys with those two Oh man, those are some classics right there. Yeah, like Batman, Rick nineteen eighty nine. I think that was a huge part of my childhood. Like just watching it over and over. Jack Nicholson's Joker. Yeah, uh, Michael for, Keaton even as Batman. I know. I don't like. For me, it was Batman Forever. It wasn't this one. Right. It was the second one. And well, Batman Returns is the second one. Oh, Returns. Sorry. Yeah. Not yeah. Fun. Yeah. Returns gets a lot of shade, but I think it. I've come to appreciate it more over time. It was time. the Catwoman. Same. You know what? Like, when it, when I was younger, and I watched, let's say, these two movies when they were both out, I, I thought that the set, oh, it's so, it's so weird. Oh, Penguin is just like a silly character. I mean, this is when I didn't really know yeah. all that much about it. But, um, yeah, it's, the this Batman Returns is a far better movie than I gave it credit for when I was much younger. But I like it. The 89 Batman, to me, is like, I like it as the first uh, live-action Batman movie, if you ignore the the TV Adam yeah, West if you one. Yeah, ignore Adam West. Yeah, um, and Which we but shouldn't like, ignore Adam West. But I don't it's know. Not the yeah, same kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was like a TV movie versus yeah. a theater movie. I would say. Yeah, like if you look at Donner's Superman in 1978, that was like the first big yeah superhero blockbuster, yeah. right? Like, and then you get Batman, which is like. But I'm not a Tim Burton guy. Me neither. I, so I am hit hit and miss on his movies, but this, I mean, I think 
because of Keaton and Nicholson. I liked Keaton. I liked Nicholson. But yeah. the, I don't know. The feel of the movie is too Tim Burton-y. When I look back on it, I'm like... The Nolan Batman for me is like, but so yeah, Nicholson better, took but... that role seriously. Yeah, too. he I did. Remember, he was good. Uh, I read somewhere that when Ledger was up for Joker, he called Heath Ledger and said, "You know what? This role is going to change you." Like, yeah, he you says, be careful. "I know." And then he died. That's <laughs> and then you got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. It, it messes because like, if you put yourself in that headspace, it's not a good uh, place so to be to get in the character. Are these are these the two? I mean, if you ignore, not ignore, but if you if you cancel out Mark Hamill doing the voice for Joker, are those the two guys? Nicholson and Ledger, the two Jokers, really that so. define. And I, I think Ledger is the I, better one. A lot of people, I think so too, but it's it's also a different and type it, of movie. That would and you would not have even thought that was possible when no. Heath Ledger got cast. No, no, no. I, I think there was. It a was whole, like, was how are you going to beat the legend? Jack and a lot of people uh, back and, in the time of '89 Batman, a lot of people were saying that about Keaton. Like, what are you doing, Mister Mom? Yeah, what's going mm-hmm. on? That's here? right, because like, he yeah. wasn't re- like an action guy at all. He was sort of a middle of the line but now if you look at his comedy. catalog like it, all, it all starts with that really. yeah hey man yeah, Birdman yeah. is a great sequel yes. to this movie so. 100% <laughs> in so which many ways which is one of the best movies but oh it's great in, of the last five when years, I watch this I 89 Batman like I respect it yeah but I, I really realize how far the comic book and superhero movie has come when I watch this movie it seems so like like the rubber suit and he couldn't move his neck and like the cheesy special yeah. effects and fight scenes. But you have to remember it was made in 89. It is that time, yeah. And and um, you know what? You're right. A lot of the style does come from what Tim Burton just does. Yeah. But in some ways that works for Batman. The, the funny thing is that the ones that came out later when we were a little bit older, Batman and Robin. The sad and, thing is those ones are like our perfect age ones. Like Those yeah, are like our childhood Batmans. And they're those, the worst ones. Like if anything, I mean, I know Tim Burton's a little bit dark with the way he kind of yeah. puts a take on everything, but... Uh. His stuff is still a little bit campy at the same time, but it's nowhere close to those other ones that came yeah, out later. That's <laughs> like, true. Those are just there was a certain darkness to Batman. Yeah, you know, and like yeah, you look at like the Joker poisoning everybody. Those and, first wow, two are, was, are pretty dark. He yeah. shot people with his car. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, like it's uh, it, it has the best Batmobile though. Yeah, that I want to see scene in Crazy. the Dark Knight where he charges at the Joker. I feel like that's an homage to the original. Oh, it could oh, be. Because yeah. like, be. that's kind of what he does in the, in the When he's standing with a gun, he's like, yeah, come yeah, on, come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, let's see. Oh, that oh, so oh, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> that movie. Yeah. We just watched it in IMAX. Yeah, we watched it in IMAX. Oh, yeah, that's so right. Good. Yeah, I got to I gotta watch those Unreal. those again, again and again and again and again. So, um, oh, if I, yeah, if we can't prepare, we could have ranked the Batman movies, but we didn't. But Hey, we can do it. You know what? We'll put it on the list. Put it on the list. We'll put it on the list to make a list. That's right. Um, So on the same dates, in 91, Sonic the Hedgehog came out, the first one. And in 96, we just mentioned this a little earlier, uh, Mario 64 came out. So five years apart, really, when you look at what those games did, only only five five years years apart, which is crazy, because Mario 64 was launched with the system, uh, and Sonic launched with a system as well, with a console as well. So... um, the whole history of the of the Sonic the Hedgehog and and the Genesis and all that. I know, Mike, you read the uh, Console Wars book mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm not sure if you read it at all, but oh, yeah, no. it's it's just like if you want a history of Sonic and Sega, especially and how they like Jay Harris is yeah Console his Wars, book yeah. about basically Sega trying to get into the into the market with with Sonic and Genesis and Mortal Take Kombat down Nintendo of America. Yeah, it's like oh, it's such them. a good book, such a good read, even if you're not a gamer. Oh, I'll check that. Out it gets perspectives sure, yeah. from both sides of it. Mm. Follows Sega more so, but it gave me such a big appreciation for what Sega did to break into mm. a market that was pretty much just Nintendos and maybe a little bit of Ataris at the yeah, time and stuff. Yeah. Right? It yeah. was a good. It was an achievement, Sega. And I forget yeah. the designer, but they had this designer that's like. And they put a lot of faith in him to yeah. make this game and basically compete 
with Mario. Well, the like, Tom Kalinske guy yeah. came from uh, Mattel. He right. was a guy who like helped make Barbie and everything, right. and then he basically launched. But he was Sega like the CEO or whatever of Sega. Yeah. But I'm talking about the guy who actually Nowadays, made isn't the game. Sonic in Super Smash Bros. Now? Yep, he is. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so they sort of say, well, because Sega doesn't. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all software now, thing, right? Yeah, so I guess yeah. they can sell and and sort of work with. Him. And he's actually a really good character in Smash. He's fun. Nice. And then Mario sixty four is. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier. It's one of the defining games in a way. For that's me, so. honestly, that's yeah, of my childhood. That's probably my Mario. Oh yeah, because kids okay. today will never understand. They look back, they just see like some basic graphics or whatever. But for us, it was a game changer. Well, it's oh, easy. It's yeah. easy to grab Odyssey or Galaxy and put it beside sixty four because it's the three D. When I version, think back but, to Mario sixty four yeah. in my mind, like I see like. I see it so clearly. Like yes. I almost remember it looking oh, like how yeah. Odyssey looks. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? I think I think you're right. Yeah. I think it's not until you look, look at, at it, it you're like, oh, and then you're like, oh, remind yourself. Because in your like, mind, you you see it how you. Well, were that generation, it like that. Yeah. those those graphics are the are, unfortunately the 16 bit polygon graphics are the ones that probably hold up the least out of any of the generations you sort of look at it's over the years. So weird. I think anyway, but you're right. Like I I just see it as yeah. a crisp, clear yeah. Mario game. Because when <laughs> it was out, it was cutting edge, and it was like. You'd never seen anything like it, and it was awesome. And it's weird to see how it actually has aged. Like, and it gave Mario a voice. So yeah, gave Mario voice. Yeah. yeah, that's oh yeah. And you right? could uh, mess with his face his and mustache on the menu. On the menu. Yeah. That was like awesome. Um, it, but yeah, like you, that in itself. That yes. in itself was worth the price of the <laughs> game. <Play> no face <laughs> Mario. <laughs> no, but like I think overall, I've always been kind of a Nintendo guy. Like I do have a PS4 now, and I'm Me too. more of yeah. a modern gamer. But Nintendo's always been about function over you know like look how it looks, right? Like, yeah. it's always been yeah. more of a functional... Because Mario, I mean, that game... Yeah, the graphics, I'm sure other consoles might have had it beat, but functionality-wise, I mean, you're looking at all the modern Mario games, you still got the same moves you do from Mario 64, so it's... That's yeah. true, yeah, that's yeah. true, yeah. And, and with... Yeah, that's true. you're right, that's Triple actually jump a really good point. And, yeah. and, like, the buttons to do the super long jump, yeah, it's like... Well, I think, I think from the mid 80s and late 80s to 96 i mean sure that's only a 10 12 year period but the fact that mario and just nintendo and mario brothers in general was was what it was all the way until 96 and then all of a sudden they go well we're not going to make what we've made before yeah and we're going to literally turn it on its head i guess right. in a way and just make a completely different not completely different but a a Redesign the whole platform. Just a, like it's, genre. it's a completely. Yeah. It's not a completely different game, but it is a completely different game. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. Just, it's like if you were to take a two D platformer and transform it to a three D platformer, that's the best way to do it. And they found an amazing way to do it. Yeah. You know, and and it didn't do anything. Like Galaxy obviously expands on that a little bit, but 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 the the jump from Mario sixty four to Galaxy is nowhere near the jump. From exactly. The, the, the Super Mario, Super Mario World, World to, to that. 64. They like, still, and they still manage to capture the spirit or like the essence of Mario. Like you yeah. have your different worlds, you know, they yeah. all have different features. If not like, more so, right? Yeah. Because you're you're running past all these these vistas or backgrounds or the blocks or just the trees and whatever in Mario 3 and Super Mario 3 or, or Super Mario World or any mm. of the ones that came before it. And now you can actually climb that tree and yeah. do a handstand on it and get the star or the yeah. coins. Or, you they know, never all those made a sequel things. to Mario 64, did they? No, they didn't. I guess technically wow. it's Gal the Galaxy games, but yeah, that was it. it that well, was... And GameCube with Sunshine. Yeah. But oh, not, Sunshine. Not for 64, right. you're right. Yeah. There was no second I can't one. believe that. And I really liked, yeah. like running the dungeons in Mario 64, too. Any, yeah. one, any of the ones that were like rotating. You yeah. Know, yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. So cool. cool stuff and like opens up a world that was from A to B. 
Mm -hmm. right? Like there's no A to B really anymore. It's you go in and you went into the paintings over and over. Once was one star and then you get another one. And yeah. I think there was 10 per per level or per world, yeah, I think, yeah, right? Yeah. So and then on top of that, the eight red coins. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So like you're mastering each level as opposed to going from one, 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 two, one, three, one, four, two, oh, yeah. one, two, two, You're right? forcing to play the same level over and over, but yeah. different timing or different. Yeah. And when you went into it, it was cool how it changed every time, depending on which star you were going yeah. for, there was like different twists yeah. to the level. Yeah. Like the, the, some of the, the bad guys would be in a different spot or a gate mm-hmm. would be open that it wasn't before yeah. and stuff. And you almost had to do it in a certain order. Sort yeah, of like a, a, a Mega Man take sense on Sense of on progression. Like, yeah. And, but it, it was difficult, but man, Manageable for difficult. like a like a kid, right? Like yeah, it was yeah. the perfect like, like difficulty. Stars, right? I don't know. I remember what the number was, yeah. but it was it was definitely one at the time that I know I didn't beat when I was younger. Probably I didn't I get did every later. star possible, but definitely like beat Bowser a bunch of times. Yeah, ex- yeah, not exactly. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, oh, just swinging them around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, swinging yeah, around. Just yeah. Keep, yeah, you gotta. What, did you have to do your yeah, like the, rotate, the, rotate <laughs> on the joystick and get a blister and stuff? Yeah, those controllers remember, took a lot of beating. Was it an original Mario Party had a lot of those games? Oh the yeah, to remove oh, it because yeah. those t- controllers were getting you destroyed. Get calluses <laughs> in your hands, but yeah. also the controllers were yeah. losing their joysticks. Yeah, because it was just like basic put, plastic that yeah. would just wear down, and yeah. Mario Party was played over and over and over again. Right, so that was the best. Um, I'm gonna jump ahead. Uh, let's say I'm gonna go to 1982, and we talked about this a little bit. Uh, I think way back. Mike, but in 82 on June 25th, the original Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. I really wanted to talk about this. Yeah, so that's big. So uh, go ahead, Mike. (laughs) Um, Because I actually, like, I didn't discover Blade Runner until probably seven, eight years ago, but since I've watched it, it's become, like, almost my third favorite movie of all time. I can't believe I didn't watch it growing up. I don't know when you guys first got introduced to it, but it was, like, some random guy at Blockbuster that recommended it to me. Like you like sci-fi, you have to watch this Blade Runner movie, and for the long and I consider it. I mean, they did make a sequel, but I consider it like the best standalone sci-fi movie ever made. Just what they were able to do in one movie and the world they were able to build, so unique, and it's been copied so many times. Like you just say, like, oh, like it's like living in a Blade Runner world, like all these movies that come out now, like that neon, that dark, uh, dirty kind of world. Yeah, and um, I also think that. The Blade Runner sequel, Blade Runner 2049, is the exact perfect way to do like a remake or a sequel. Like every time they remake something, they should look at that movie and do it that way. It's such a good movie. Like that's what Ghost, the new Ghost, Ghostbusters got wrong, right? Like, like the Blade Runner, like they respected the old one and they just told another story in that world. Yes, they lived in the same world. Yeah. That yeah. The well, and that's it, the way like to just do the it. look itself. And tell is a new story. Don't movie, tell like the old story over again. Find yeah, a new story. Yeah, find something new that you want to say, and don't well, they, do it. They did it in right. a good way, and, they, and unfortunately, it was a little bit spoiled that he shows up. To where I wish they didn't. They didn't give that away. Oh, in the Harrison trailer, Ford was in it. Yeah, yeah that would have been yeah. crazy. The one thing I like, like the whole um, Blade Runner, like is he a, a replicant? Is he not? Oh, it's great, right? Like that it's was that lived idea. for so long. I guess they attempted to answer that in the sequel. They did answer that, yeah. and that. Yeah. But going into the movie, I was like, oh, I really don't. I really don't want them to answer this. That's yeah. gonna ruin like. We will no longer be able to live in a world where you and your friends can debate is he replicant or That's not. That's a lost art. Yeah. Like the last one I can think of being big like that was Inception where they didn't tell yeah. you one yeah. way or the other. Uh, and you that was huge because that movie own. was just yeah. massive, yeah. right? So but like now they have to force feed you everything. Yeah. I just feel like Hollywood needs you to know like this is mm-hmm. the way. Leaving is. open questions, I like that. Like the end of TV shows or the end of an episode even. Even just something simple like one episode mm-hmm. ends or, or, or a movie that may not have a sequel or whatever. I, I like that stuff. I like that you can walk away with questions. 
Yeah, because so, oh, yeah. yeah, like, that's what keeps you talking about a movie for years and years. Like and Blade Runner. Doing it on yeah, right? this podcast. When did yeah. you guys like discover Blade Runner? Uh, for me, I think it was earlier than you. Okay. But definitely towards the beginning when I was younger, it felt like it was going to be daunting, you know, yes. slow moving. I don't think I made it through the first time when I was really young, but when I, I eventually sat down to watch it from start to finish, I was like, wow. This is something It's else. so tense, like the void comp test. And like yeah. when you realize what is happening, it's such a tense uh, but scene. That would be, it, it's, there's a lot to, like it is slow moving though. Like it's not a, a super fast no, paced movie. Bo- both of them really yeah. are not, you know. Um, I still think, I, I personally think that 2049 is a far better movie. Mm. Than the uh, original? Yeah, oh, I wow. think so. Yeah. I, mean, I love it's it. It's a hot so. take. Um, yeah, it's yeah, a hot take, but I, I love I, it. So. Maybe it's because it's newer. Maybe it's, I don't know. I, not that necessarily the story is is drastically better or anything, but I just think that the way that they expand the world and, and his story is still pretty good. Anyways, I I, um, I watched it a, a little bit later too. Mm. Like it was, I wasn't really young. I really, honestly, after watching it, um, just before 2049 came out for, I think that was only like the third or fourth time I've seen it. Um, I realized that, yeah, if I was younger, like, like too young to watch it sort of idea, there's no way I would have picked up what was going on in most of the stuff. So I think it's actually not bad. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I think it's not bad that I watched it when I was, I want to say 18, 19. Where you actually have to pay attention to the dialogue and like really listen. Like they might only say a couple of times, right? Uh, what each, what like the, what comp test is or whatever and what, what he's doing and, um, the the uh, other character, the James Almost character, or whatever yeah. his name is, um, like what he's up to, like you, you don't really know. You, it, it takes multiple viewings to really understand it. And the little origami, and you might not even pick yeah, up on yeah, that yeah. the first time you watch it. You yeah. might not even think to even ask the question: Is he replicant or not? The first time you watch it, you watch yeah, it a couple I times, and you start thinking, "Oh, Wait, he could be a he replicant." Could be a replicant? Yeah, yeah, I wonder yeah. if I asked that question the first time I watched it. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised yeah. if I didn't. I'd, I'd love to have that just as an open-ended question. Yeah, but, uh, you know what it is, what it is, right? Yeah, you they, have to roll with what you're given. But the thing is, yeah. they they ruined that question, but to create such a such a good movie that it was like worth it, I guess. Yeah, and, I don't uh, think it takes away from the movie. I mean, I no. I, I totally get like we just said. I, I like the open ended question thing too. But I love um, what they did in the new yeah. one, which was. But if there are more positive things to take from the new movie, then I think so. Good. I think there is, and maybe it's just because it's an se- a semi updated version of of it that right. maybe that's why but, uh, it, it connected with me more. And the know. reason I love the new, I, I mean, I have to think about hard which one I like better. But the old one, it was all about is he a replicant? Is he not? Right? That was like the big question that lived yeah. on. Everyone was dissecting every scene, this and that. That was like part of the fun of it. Yeah. And then the new one, when the trailer was right, like, is uh, Ryan Gosling a, a replicant or not? It's like, I wonder what they're going to do. Are they, and then what they did is they right away, they told you that he was a replicant, right? So they're like, this movie's not about is he replicant mm-hmm. or not. Right away, he is. But the movie's about you slowly finding out that, oh, crap, he's actually human. Ooh. He's not a replicant. He's human, and they've made and they've made him think he's a replicant. And at the very last second, it turns it on his head and turns out, no, he's not human. He is a replicant. Like, that's so cool, man. Like, yeah. that, oh, that was As long awesome. as it executes it, Master. Yeah. And you were right, though. The, the original, it, there are other stories that paint a dystopian future, but that one was like almost like the definitive one. Mm-hmm. It's like this is it really is. like a dark dystopian future and you better watch out. Because like, you know, it's relevant to today. I it's think. the only like, yeah. no, when you see sci-fi movies and it's like everyone's wearing the same rubber suit and living in the sky, it's like, it's so fake. But when you watch Blade Runner, you're like, like this is the first time I've seen a movie that that feels like it a feels, realistic future yeah. we could be headed to. Like right? the ground view too. Yeah, it's like in the ground view. You've got yeah, it's like neon everywhere, but yeah. it's raining because like sort of we've ruined man. the atmosphere. And yeah, there's still like poor people and everyman people, and there's still like dirty cops and this and that. Right? It's yeah. like it's 
Yeah, it's awesome. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, you've made me want to watch both of them right now. I know. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But it's Villeneuve, right? The director. Yeah, Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so which are is you, are you excited for Dune then? Dune. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't he's know my new favorite about Dune it's, itself, but just because he's doing it, I want to watch it. Oh, <laughs> he's my new favorite director. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, I think that Dune has potential to be some like the, the just, next big franchise. And it's just set up to be just the one movie, I think. Right so far. Well, no. So here's the problem: is that Hollywood and you know all this. Like all these big corporate strategies, like have you doing a million different things at once. So yeah, they should be focusing on the one movie, but, but they, I think they've already announced that they're doing a live action series to go with the movie. Oh, so I mean that could weird. be incredible, but I think they should, you should one step at a time, people. Like, yeah. let's get it right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah do one thing on. right, and then and yeah. then yeah. <laughs> see if you can make a good movie first, and then yeah, yeah. I agree. But, well, uh, hopefully know, everyone's we've made trying good... to be Marvel. So. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Everyone, everyone <laughs> wants their, their universe, right? Um, okay. Well, hopefully we've had a good. Uh, we've made a good podcast. Ha, get it? <laughs> um, are we guys, replicants or are we humans? Uh, well, that's for them to decide <laughs> us to know, right? So that'll be the everlasting question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll just leave that open ended. <laughs> and uh, and uh, thank you for listening. And uh, we will see you next time. We're going to go through a couple of uh, special sort of segments. We're going to list the Pixar movies, our favorite Pixar movies. We're going to get a little bit of a check in uh, ahead of the Toy Story four release uh, on our uh, summer movie wager that we did earlier this year. Um, and uh, obviously hit some more dates uh, down the line as well. So thanks very much for listening, guys. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you guys next time. I'm tired. Mamma mia. Okie dokie.